Welcome to the Ken Hill Podcast. Once again, I appreciate everyone taking the time to tune in and uh, all, the, all the requests have been, have been fantastic. Finally, we're going to have a few podcasts uh, that are interviews. Part of it is just um, you know me organizing who I wanted to talk to and, and lots of questions. And the bigger thing is, is getting access to some of the people that we've, uh, that we've chatted with. And also the format as you're seeing is a little bit different where I'm having a little introduction before we get into, into the podcast. This podcast, this particular podcast is one that I've wanted to do for, forever. And uh, it's basically with Olean's uh, USA. I've, I've been a big fan of the Olean's products uh, for a long time mainly obviously because of their, their performance, but a lot of it is from behind the scenes. Whether it's the, the massive data banks they have available or the expertise that they have, it really is the industry standard and the, and the gold standard, no pun intended, on, on how suspension works. Having been involved you know, at the fairly sharp end of this deal, uh, you, you, get a first, you get firsthand experience of seeing an action and not only the components themselves, but of the people that are actually doing the work and um, it's been great to be to be associated with those people. So, this podcast uh, uh, we've got uh, Brad Stokes uh, from Olin's USA. We've got Mike Himmelsbach, and we also got Ken Hall uh, poking his head in there as well. This this was very hard to set up. Uh, this was done um, at Road Atlanta, and it was done um, during the race weekend. Uh, it was done one evening while all of these guys were basically elbows deep in stuff. Uh, and so getting the time available, get everybody together, um, getting them so they can answer the questions um, was, was very difficult. So I very much appreciate it. And honestly, I learned, uh, I learned quite a bit. We had a lot of different questions, you know, from, you know, how capable is stock suspension and when should I upgrade? And, you know, what is the race and what, what is sort of the, the working envelope and, and should you set SAG or not set SAG? I mean, on, on, you guys will, every, guys and gals will, will see how this goes. It's a, it's a great interview, and uh, I learned a ton from it, and I'm very much appreciative um, of the time these guys took during a very busy weekend. So here you go. All right, welcome to the Ken Hill Podcast. I'm lucky enough to be here at one of the Moto America races inside the Olean's trailer. Lucky enough here to have um, Mike Himmelsbach. I've got uh, Brad Stokes, and uh, I've got Ken Hall here as well. So thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, guys, for coming. So we're just going to dive right into a quick intro. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Ken? Good, good. The first question we're going to we're kind of going to dive into is, uh, and all you guys can of course jump into this is um, today's bikes are pretty damn pretty damn good. How capable um, really is is stock suspension? And you know more towards the sharp end of the spectrum when it comes to this. We're not talking some of the you know maybe some of the cruisers, but on the sharp end of the spectrum. I mean, how how capable are the stock components on some of these bikes um the, the stock components are pretty good um realistically you can go probably about a second off of what a good race pace would be with stock suspension the biggest thing that i notice about it is that it fades quickly so it might work good for a couple of laps but it fades as the day goes on or as the session would go on so this is why like you get a brand new bike and you're like dude this thing's a freshie and it works great and then in start getting some heat cycles on the shock or whatever it may be and then it starts to not work so well or doesn't respond to adjustments as well um yeah and the other thing with the stock suspension is it depends on the spring rate and how it relates to the rider's weight and their ability so to me i think it all comes down to if you get lucky and you're within that range that they built the bike for i think it works better than maybe some other guys 
Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 makes that makes sense. What about any of you guys, Brad? What do you think on some of the stock stuff? You guys, I mean, I know obviously Olean's makes a lot of bitchin' stock OEM stuff. I mean, what have yeah. you seen with that? Yeah, I mean, basically, Mike hit it on the head there. Yeah, I mean, the stuff today is pretty adjustable. Um, you know, track day guys, fine. You know, would be fine for them. Um, but yeah, once you start getting the heat into the thing um, and some of the tolerances of the OEM components, this, that, and the other, um, heat the shock up a little quicker. You know. So um, that that leads us into the second question, which is when should somebody upgrade? Um, you know, you 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 get out to a track, and what I've seen is you 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 get to a certain lap time, and it's almost like you hit this wall, and you just can't. And no matter what you do, you just can't get past to that next level. That's usually when I feel like you need to start looking at an upgrade. And that's somebody like on OEM suspension yeah, or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you start doing track days, you start getting faster, you get more pace, and and then you get to a certain point where, man, I'm I want to go that second or two faster, and um, you just no matter what you do, you can't get it. Um, the other thing I would say for upgrading your suspension is if you're an unusual body type. So if you're a really small person. Sometimes you see a small girl that needs a little bit different of suspension, springs, anything like that. And then also the the guy that's maybe a big football player. You know, that that would make a big difference in why you should upgrade. Yeah, so this also leads sort of into the, th the, third, the third deal here is that, you know, the cool thing about obviously with suspension is you're able to individualize it. And that's really what the goal is, is that, um, is we want to be able to individualize the stuff, but pretty much with OEM, their their working envelope is pretty huge, right? Because they're trying to small guy, big guy, passenger, whatever it may be. They all pretty much all these things have sort of a working envelope, and I think it's it's. Um, I want you guys to talk a, a lot of a little bit about that because I know I'll come to you and I'll say, are we within the envelope of where we're supposed to be on this rider settings or this wherever it may be? So. I think that's that talk a little bit about sort of what a riding envelope may be or what some of the parameters so like like an upgrade right at a point let's say it's whatever whatever bike the guy has gsxr 1000 whatever and he's suddenly you know this guy's weight his riding now the rebounds two clicks from maximum on the fork or whatever it may be so now we're starting to get out of the parameters of what that is how do you guys see sort of working envelopes uh, when it comes to these things, I know kind of open-ended question, but you mean envelopes for stock stuff or for like off? Well, let's stock? say yeah. So that kind of goes along the lines like when sh when should I upgrade, right? So my if I'm starting to get things closed off or too much preload or yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's going to depend on your riding, your ability at the track, then your body size, your type. But for me, a working envelope comes down to you look at the bike. You look at the linkage ratios, which if you're looking at Olean's, that stuff's all pretty much spelled out so that we can pick the right spring rate, then we can pick the right valving setting for that motorcycle and for the way the motorcycle was designed. So the window in the envelope, as you want to call it, is based on your particular body size, your weight, and then the bike, the linkage ratio, the geometry, that, that th those things all together create the envelope. Um, and that's where Olean's is perfect because they have setting banks and then they have a great database that we can go back and forth and look at and say, hey, this is available, this option's available, and this is what we need to do for, for you. 
So I'll put you on the spot a little bit, which is, okay, when you look at say, um, like for instance, like preload, like if, I, if, I'm, if I've got a spring and to get, to get um, like if I'm, somebody's trying to sit sag or trying to fix a problem, when would you say to change to like maybe a next spring rate, like if they get over a certain amount of loaded preload on it, or if clickers get closed off too much or opened up too much, when, when do you see changes working along, along those lines? From my standpoint, I've always looked at the eight to 16 in preload. You know, if you're below eight, if you're over 16, with the exception of a few riders, but for the most time, that seems to be the window of operating. And then with the clickers, it's the same thing. You look at the shock, you look at the clicker position. If you start to get to a point where you're closed off, one, the new blade adjuster for us is a little bit more adjustable, I think, and it allows us to change the window. But in the past with the needle type of adjusters, if you got too far in or too far out, basically a shock wouldn't work the same. And so those things would make you decide to change a setting to stay within that window or envelope. But like I said, with the new blade adjuster, we have a bigger range, I think, now. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was looking for was at least some sort of parameters on, you know, what, what the, where a spring's going to work or same thing with clickers. So, Brad, anything on that one? Uh, I mean, there again, he's, he's pretty much summed it up. Yeah. Nice having consistent language and training, isn't it? We actually speak the same damn language. Yeah. Huh. Thank we certainly do that in a lot more things in the motorcycle world. Anyway, um, okay, so... Here's my, I'm going to hit you guys up with a, the kind of a loaded question here, which is, um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to be a club racer. Uh, I'm, a novice, I'm a novice racer. I'm a club racer. I'm going to come up to your trailer and say, okay, guys, can you give me the hot setup for my R6? I want the hot setup because I know what the fast guys are doing. And um, so I want the same setup as like the fastest guy in the club does. So can, can I get that? We can give you that. Absolutely. Uh, what we're going to probably find is you're not going to like that. Uh, what we find most often um, you know we do we do set the bikes up uh, we have what we call a general setup you know so we kind of know where they need to be and then yeah I'm and, and that takes into consideration that riders weight, pace and weight and all that oh, absolutely yeah, exactly. yeah and uh, you know I R6 it's, it's kind of been the same forever we know all right what springs front and rear we kind of like to see and there again based on rider weight and everything and speed um, but then you start working from there for the rider and how he rides and how he goes to the throttle and how he applies the brakes and those sort of things and, and critique the bike for his riding style. Yeah. So, so if I want the same fork springs as Tony Elias, that's not going to work for me. I can give them to you, but it's going to be stiff. <laughs> so yeah, I, I kind of want to bring that up as I know these guys hear this question probably 785 times a weekend, um, which is, yeah, they want the hot setup right? Or they want something that, you know, somebody that is basically outside of their parameter, but they want that parameter for them. And, and they don't understand why that they can't ride the bike or the bike's too stiff, or in some cases, maybe it's, it's too soft as well. So this is the whole point of individuality. And that's, I think, one of these the, the hallmarks of what these guys do. And it also goes back to the working envelope, right? They, they know, um, you know, for your, your weight and your pace, what spring's going to work, and they're going to be able to set it in that, in that type of a thing. Uh, thing there as well to, to elaborate on that a little bit i mean even when we have a team like m4 suzuki we get two teammates and they're usually never on the same springs they're never on so, the same preloads or any of those settings yeah so i was going to make a joke it's like okay hey i want the same setup as um you know whatever the uh the, the yoshimura guys are running or, or or the graves guys are running okay well, both have two riders but they may be in completely you know different states when it comes to setup 
So again, it's about individuality, how that rider rides, their weight, and, and all those different things. And so this is why I'm, I, I'm, I want to bring this up because I got to caution people to, to, to get so hung up on, I mean, how many times a weekend do you guys hear, well, so-and-so is running a 9.5 spring, so I want the 9.5 spring, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, yes. yeah. correct. And, and anyway. And then <laughs> but, but just let me step in here for a second. I work with a lot of track day guys, a lot of street riders, other than the pro level that we have here in Moto America. And you have to, I really spend a lot of time talking to them, talking about their riding style, talking about what they're looking for on the motorcycle so that I can tailor the suspension to that customer, even if he's working, riding on stock suspension or aftermarket suspension, so that I can give him the best experience. Yeah. So having that individual uh, uh, tuning ability for the individual rider, that's where, where aftermarket suspension, like Olin's, really comes into play because I can Put it into the window that I'm looking for for that. Yeah, and again, the the data bank that these guys have is uh, I'm 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 pretty sold on that as well. So a couple of a um, little bit more technical questions we'll get into. Um, one one thing that we get into setting sag. So can you guys just kind of quickly are you are you guys set sag a lot? You is everything done by sag? Is it is it that? How how do you guys? I'm just going to open that one up. Talk about setting sag. I mean, at this level, yeah. These guys can speak a little bit. Every now and again, we look at it, and you know, with the pod mounts that we have, it's it's quickly looked at. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the track day world, um, it's huge. It's huge. When I was doing track days years ago, um, that was one of the biggest things that we could do for a rider is is set his sag. And sometimes they would gain two, three seconds. Yeah, just and that's by getting the bike so, where it needed. To be. And this is part of like the the working envelope, right? Which is like if the thing's completely out of the envelope, then it's not it's not going to work that it's not going to work that well. Or again, if you're trying to set somebody's sag numbers, and again, you got to preload a spring until it's got 20 millimeters of which, like that's not going to work. So that's why um, I'm I'm a fan of some initial sag numbers, but then at some point, like you guys know you know at this level we're really not we're not messing with that too much so well with a normal rider at a track day level you're going to set sag because it's suspension is an equation it's a mathematical equation everything we do relates so i have to figure out or we have to figure out what that spring's doing for that rider and by measuring it kind of starts to get us into the window that we're looking for so we can better direct and, and figure out and mathematically figure out what spring that rider should be on yeah, and I, I'm assuming here in the Moto America paddock that's something, again, because of the data bank that you guys have and the knowledge you have, you know that if you do XYZ shock or with a 9.5 spring at 12 millimeters of preload, it's going to have X, it's going to have the appropriate amount of, of sag when it comes to that. Within reason, yeah, it should yeah. be pretty close. Yeah. Okay, so one question I want to get here and um, uh, get going here on is, uh, and I'm going to kind of mix this one up together, is... Matching spring rates um, to valving and how springs and valving sort of work together. And are there, um, when do you see making a spring change versus a hydraulic change? And do specific, does some specific valving require either a lighter spring or a heavier spring? Um, well, I see on your notes there, the spring versus valving. So first, the spring is more of a mechanical feature that as the bike goes through the stroke or the travel, the spring is progressively holding the bike up. So that is your main thing that holds it up. Valving is just velocity dependent. And based on that, it slows everything down. So to come back to that, your spring is really what you want to make sure that you're in the window of the sag to make sure that you're getting the travel or the stroke that you want. 
So somewhere like Road Atlanta here, where we are, you're going to need more fork spring for the heavy braking, the downhill braking, and maybe if we went somewhere else, we wouldn't utilize that. But as far as for my standpoint, if you're in the window of damping and your setting changes, you're going to stay there. There's very few changes that we go through here at the racetrack, and I don't really think that a lot of track day guys or other people need to be bouncing back and forth from this setting to that setting. You will change your springs from track to track, um, but in my opinion, I don't think you have to change your damping settings or go from this setting bank to that setting once you find your happy medium. Yeah, and, and, and to Ken's point, you know, different tracks require different forces, right? So you're trying to keep the thing in sort of its mathematical equation, you know, where, where it is in the, in the travel. So Correct. And so your clickers pretty much just help you to slow that down as well. So if you still want it to get down, if you're, if you're braking at Road Atlanta and it's going to, you're going to hit the brakes really hard and that rider snatches the brakes, you're going to want that compression to be a little bit slower to make sure that it gets there in less time then if you had somebody, you know, that's going to just ease onto the brakes, they could get away with a softer. Yeah, it makes 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 total sense. And again, it, I'm, I'm sure you guys, and this is again, it's a loaded question, and sorry, it's not on my list, but how many times have you, have you started to get out of an envelope and you'll see a writing technique issue? You guys? A lot. I mean, <laughs> what, and you're correct. The envelope is based on riders and, and that's, so this year for me, I have two brand new riders. And the first thing we have to do is figure out what is their riding technique? How do they ride compared to the guys we had last year and look at the settings in the, in the notes that we had and look back at that and say, okay, does this make sense for their new riding style? And for the most part, we're pretty close. There are some springs and some other things that will change for it, but rider technique is huge in your choosing a setting. Oh yeah, I, I I have no doubt. I have no doubt when it comes to that, and I'm sure there's again when you get riders that um, when it when it gets out of an envelope, it's because whether they're going to the brakes too hard or not releasing them, or they're too hard on the throttle or whatever it may be, and you know you can kind of go, okay, now, hey, dude, wait a minute. So, yeah, Brad. and uh, elaborate a little bit more on that. If you know you were talking about spring rate versus valving, might hit all of that, but you know if you did get like a, maybe a heavier rider. Um, where you had to go up quite a few spring rates. At that point, you may need to look at a little rebound, a, a little stiffer rebound to help control the spring force. Um, so that's the only time if you, like, you know, when you change the spring, we change valving. If we went from 100 to 120 Newton spring, we may have to go from an R5 to an R7 or something like that to help try to control the spring a little better. Got it. Um, all right. So... I want to ask uh, this. This this is a question that both you, uh, all you guys, will be able to elaborate on. But here, here at least in the Moto America paddock, I think a lot of people are curious on this. Is uh, the top three things um, a rider asks for suspension wise? Feel and feedback. Feel, so, oh great! How do you give him feel? Uh, well, <laughs> 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 right. If it be, you have if to it, ask it, more it, questions. That uh, correct. That I just completely they're, loaded. They're they're going to ask that question. They're going to they're going to tell you what they're looking for, and then you have to figure out what they're really asking. And it could be that the spring is off, that the bike's not steering the way that it needs to be steering. So you find how to get the geometry in the chassis where it's more controllable for the for the rider. Yeah, and and I, I see it a lot of times. Depending on the track, you know, I'll I'll see riders. They'll kind of all have the same complaint. We'll get to a certain track. Well, I don't have grip. Grip's not good here. 
you know, things like that. And, you know, once the guys start talking to each other, it seems like everybody doesn't have grip, you know. So, and, you know, we do the best we can, you know. And the suspension, it's not just suspension that's going around. you got tires in the equation and all the other things that make the motorcycle go around that you've got to keep in mind. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's I was going to, another one I didn't write down, I just thought about it. We'll talk a little bit about tires versus suspension as well. So my- the, two, the two big things that I hear is grip. I mean, everybody always wants more grip. And then the other is support, whether it's support from the front or support from the back. And those are the two biggest things that we, or at least that I get. So to, uh, we kind of segued into this a little bit. Um, tire manufacturer, and we don't have to go into the, to the brands versus suspension. Do you guys see a lot of differences between tire manufacturers and suspension setups? Um, like let's say a guy's got a Dunlop, whatever, yep. and he switches to Prelis or goes from Prelis to Dunlops. Are there massive changes that go on you know honestly in the past i think everybody thought there was and there was some time for a while that people were making big changes but right now we've got guys that can jump from a pirelli to a dunlop back and forth with some minimal changes to make those work um you know even the michelin a little bit so i've found that it's very mild changes yeah same same here and you know um Matter of fact, one of the guys that's used to running Dunlops threw some Pirellis on in one Daytona, you know, and he didn't change the setup. <laughs> no, we actually ran a Dunlop setup. It was a yes. complete Dunlop yes. setup. It was a complete Dunlop setup. Yeah, so I mean, that, that, I mean, guys get, and the reason I, I, I wanted to ask us, guys get so hung up on, on this stuff. And of course, as we well know, the rider can make a massive adjustment as well when it comes to that. Yeah, the biggest thing that I've seen in the tires is making sure that you get the diameter and make sure the geometry is correct. But as far as most of the, I mean, spring is still based on the motorcycle and everything else pretty much revolves around that, I think. A um, couple last questions. Um, this one is, um, is the tire plays a pretty big deal in suspension. So as, as far as tire pressure is concerned, I don't want to get into the ins and outs of it, but as far as tire pressure, should riders look more at playing around with tire pressures to act as some suspension things? Or when do you see that coming into play? It, when they have a problem or? Well, I mean, you know, when, when we start looking at tire pressures, um, typically what we hear is, I've got some chatter. Oh my God, you said the word. I wasn't going to say it. All right. That's all right. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, you know, when, when you know, and a lot of people... Yeah, when a lot of people uh, want to, when they've got chatter, it's going on, they want to look at suspension. And nine times out of ten, um, it's not suspension related. Well, it, it, it can be somewhat, but we, we find a quicker fix, an easier fix, a, a better fix with, with stiffening the carcass of the tire. Yeah, so that, and the reason I say is you guys have, again, this is why having working envelopes are such a big deal, right? And so once you know you're sort of in that, then... Well, and, and true, but the big thing about a tire is a tire is a spring and it's an uncontrolled spring because there's no damping force to help control that. So tire pressure changes that spring rate just kind of like air volume in the fork. So a lot of that, it's, it's a tuning tool that I think a lot of people should use. I think one last point is that you take the different tires that you can come across and be riding on and it's not about finding the right spring from tire setup to tire setup. It's about finding the tire pressure that works for your track conditions and the way that you ride and the amount of heat that you're putting into that tire and the track temp and then the, the actual track itself, the temperature of the track and how that equates. 
Got it. All right, one last question. One last question is um, when it looks at, when you look at suspension components um, like a MotoGP, World Superbike, or, or even even here in Moto America. I mean, how, I mean, everybody wants to know how much better are like a set of MotoGP forks or a set of World Superbike forks or Moto America forks or shock. How much better are they than what the average guy either can get from you guys or sees on the showroom or whatever? Well, I mean, MotoGP, you know, it's it's kind of like Formula One. You got all the developmental stuff there. So yeah, there's trick pieces and components there, um, stuff that we may never see, you know, on the shelf here. Um, as far as World Superbike Moto America, our rules are aligned in, you know, in, in sync. So we run the same components that they do at World Superbike here in Moto America. Um, and, you know, short of Superbike, um, everybody else here at Moto America and even World Super Sport and things like that run the same components that you can buy off the shelf. Yeah, they're, 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 and, and they're nothing crazy. I mean, there's nothing crazy trick on them, right? I mean, obviously they're super qu high quality, but I mean, there's, there's nothing that's crazy no. unobtainable with them. No. no, and it's, I mean, basically what it comes down to is it's better friction seals, better friction, not enough, not a lot of stiction compared to stock components and things like that. Everything just gets a little bit better, but it comes back to our original point, which was, is the rider good enough to take it to that level and maximize everything out of it? And the answer is, unless you're Mark Marquez or Valentino Rossi, can you really get what the MotoGP guys are getting out of that suspension? I know, I, I, I totally get that. So, all right, well, that's that's kind of it. I've, I've burned up a bunch of your guys' time on a very busy, uh, a very busy weekend, so I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time uh, to answer some of the questions that, that some of the, the listeners that I had had, and then um, as well as the questions that I had as well. Um, I mean, one point that I'd like to make is for anybody listening, the best thing you can do, and one of the biggest things I hear all the time is, oh, I have a problem, and then they go talk to this suspension tuner, and the next guy, and the next guy, and the next <laughs> The best thing you can do is find a guy that you feel comfortable with, that's honest, that you know you can trust, and stick with them. Because a lot of times myself, Brad, Ken, will run into, we try something the first time and it doesn't work. It takes a process of elimination and thought that gets you to the answer. And so when you go to a suspension guy and he gives you something and you try it and you go, well, that didn't work, I'll go to the next guy. It's really not the right answer. Your best bet is to find somebody good that you trust and stick with them. Yeah, Mike, I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm glad that you brought that up because you know, the joke, the joke used to be is like, you know, um, you can't, can't walk in the pits, you know, can't swing a dead cat in the, the pits without hitting like nine suspension guys. Of course, now it's the same thing with riding coaches, right? You can't swing a dead, <laughs> can't swing a dead cat, you know, without hitting like nine riding coaches. So, but yeah, I agree, right? Because then suddenly you're getting, you're getting much different opinions instead of staying with somebody's process. And that's one of the beauties. Again, I love you guys are so great because we talk the same, right? We can say the same language. When I say whatever part of a shock or stroke or velocity or whatever, everybody hears on the same page. Yes. And I think that's the big thing. I mean, that's what I see with us as a team here is that we all work through the process very similar and we can get guys to the front based on the fact of just going through that process. Awesome. All right. Any other thoughts or comments? All right, guys, I very much appreciate it. And I know you guys are busy and uh, there you go. All right. Thank you very much, Ken. Thank you. Copyright 2019, Ken Hill Coaching, all rights reserved.